Hey everybody, welcome to the WWE Podcast. We have the WrestleMania Backlash Review Show in just one minute with a new voice, Kyle. Kyle Kobe, who is a listener of the show, comes on. I think he did an excellent job talking about the pay-per-view. We had some technical difficulties, as I'll explain later in the show, but uh, we got it done. I hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, we've got a lot to cover with the WrestleMania Backlash results, so we're going to get all that started right after this. So in today's crazy world... You need to be ready to defend yourself. I mean, that's just the reality of things. People are getting assaulted on the street, robbed, home invasions. So with all this spike in crime, what better way to spend your time than investing in yourself, in your safety, in your, in your family's safety? That's why I'm recommending Impact Defense. ImpactDefense.online is an opportunity for you to learn how to defend yourself in multiple situations. They have a podcast, by the way. That is done weekly, and you can check it out. Uh, it's it's on impactdefense.online. They have training that's in person. They have online courses. You can host an event and a lot more. But this is run by Brian, and he has over 20 years in the martial arts and self-defense industry. He's a certified combatives instructor. He's certified in defensive firearms, and he has a black belt in multiple styles of martial arts. He's also joined by two ladies, Jada and Kylie. Both of them are black belts in martial arts and certified firearm instructors as well. Again, their show, their podcast releases every single Monday, a brand new episode. You can check out impactdefense.online for much more information. But guys, I can't stress enough right now. There is nothing more important than your safety. I don't know about you, but when I'm lying in bed and I hear a creak in the house, you always wonder, right? It's either a ghost <laughs> or you're thinking, oh my God, somebody broke in, right? And imagine the helplessness that you could feel in that moment, but let them help you overcome that fear. Let them help you protect you and your family. Go to impactdefense.online today. Are you ready to live a more free, healthy, and abundant life? FoodForestAbundance.com is a community of passionate, freedom-loving people who want to build a free, healthy, and abundant society for generations to come. They're focused on creating a decentralized food supply by setting up forests on underutilized lawn space around the world. And this is just the beginning. They offer landscape design, blueprints, installation, maintenance tips, and a whole lot more. In these uncertain times, you want the peace of mind of having food security right outside your front door. They plan on growing food forest in every community, providing healthier food free from the supply chain. To learn more, visit foodforestabundance.com. Use the code FOOD22 and save 5%. foodforestabundance.com. This is WWE superstar Drew McIntyre, and you're listening to the WWE Podcast. One that everybody wants me. You're gonna acknowledge me. Hey everybody, welcome to the WWE podcast. We're here to talk WrestleMania Backlash and a show that I think was pretty darn good. For what it is, a B pay-per-view, I thought it was pretty darn good. And I uh, have a co-host tonight that uh, I think would reciprocate that to some degree. So we're going to get into that. I just want to let you know off the bat that we did have a little technical problem. We had to split our recording between Skype and Blog Talk Radio. And as you'll hear with Blog Talk Radio, things decrease in quality. That's just the way Blog Talk Radio goes. So as clear and nice as I sound now... It is unfortunate, but, you know, we sound more radio-ish, right? Like, it sounds like we, we did this podcast in 2022 and then got in a time machine and took it back to 2005 with the audio quality. It's not unlistenable. It's just the way that Blog Talk Radio works. For whatever reason, they the way they compress their files, whatever it may be. I want to let you guys know we are aware of what uh, the audio changes uh, take place. And anyway, let's move on. I want to thank you guys for listening. Please support the show any way you can. Giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify really help us out. You can use our Amazon link that's right on our homepage. Anytime you do shopping on Amazon, it kicks a little bit back to the show if you use our link. We can also go ad-free. 
if you want to get rid of all the ads, you can do that by going to Patreon, searching the WWE Podcast, or you can do it on our website, wwepodcast.com. Go VIP. Use the code ROMAN at uh, checkout. The discount code is ROMAN. It gets you 50% off your first month. It comes to $1.50 on our website. You get video and ad-free everything, as well as our exclusive um, After Dark show. That's another episode's coming, I promise, guys. Episode four, I think it is. Uh, And you can also do it on Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts offers ad-free as well. There's a subscribe button. You can do it there. So, uh, all right. Well, that's enough of that. I don't want to waste any more of your time with my own personal plugs. I want to get right to the audio. I'll be back. When is it? Tomorrow? With Anthony DeMarco as we wrap up the uh, pay-per-view, look ahead to what, um, what, what could be going on this week in WWE. And then Tuesday's the Raw Review, Wednesday's Mailbag, and we're back onto our normal schedule until the Hell in a Cell live event, premium live event, which is on June 5th. So we have a, a solid four weeks between now and then, and we'll get back to the normal standard time, so to speak, starting this week. But uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Again, consider supporting the show any way that you can as we continue to grow. Thanks, everybody. As always, enjoy the show. Take care, and I'll talk to you next time. All right, everybody, welcome to the WrestleMania Backlash Review Show. We have a new co-host with us tonight, and a listener of the show, Kyle Kobe, is with us. And I'm excited to talk to uh, talk to you about WrestleMania Backlash because we have so much to get to. But, uh, Kyle, welcome to the show. How you doing, man? I'm doing excellent. Thank you very much, Matt. That was a lot of fun. I was uh, enjoying WrestleMania Backlash. Can't wait to talk about it. Yeah, I am just, you know, I, I went into this pay-per-view looking at it and going, holy crap, they only have six matches. I mean, like, mm-hmm. what are they going to do? They Are they going to be okay? Are they going to survive with just six matches on the show? And honestly, to me, as looking at this as a whole, and then I'll ask you the same question, is you know, looking at this from a high level, what, what, kind of, uh, what kind of grade would you give it? And if I was to assign a grade, I would say it's like a, a B, B-plus pay-per-view right now. Um, you know, maybe I'm being under, underwhelming. Some people probably look at it higher, lower. I'd say B-plus is probably where I'm ranking this pay-per-view. I thought there was a lot of really good wrestling, uh, easy to understand. I don't think there were too many mishaps or things that they did that you went, huh, or scratched your head. So that's kind of at a high level how I looked at it. What about yourself? Well, I, I'm a little bit lower than you, but very close. I would say a B minus to C plus range for my grading. I, there were things that I expected to not be so great and they were better. And then there were some things that I expected to be better and they let me down. I thought some of the, the wrestling wasn't as good as I was hoping, but it wasn't terrible in any way. I don't think anything was like horrible. So, and, and there were spots that I really, really loved too that I can like, vividly remember me enjoying so yeah I, I i'm probably somewhere in the b minus range is what i give cool it. all right so you're you're within the ballpark of where i am although not as high on it so uh, i think that there maybe some of the reasoning for that is that i i went into this pay-per-view i guess with kind of low expectations it's a b pay-per-view it's yeah. right off of their biggest pay-per-view of the year you know it's going to be a fall off of a cliff type of uh, a pay-per-view just because that's the cyclical cyclical nature of wrestling and so that's that's maybe what uh, explains it but let's dive into it and we open with cody rhodes and seth rollins so Without me saying a word, Kyle, I'll let you take this one first. What would you think? I really enjoyed this match. Um, I knew that they weren't going to be able to really top what they did at WrestleMania, but I think they came close to you know, getting almost just as good as a match as they had at WrestleMania. I was pleased with a lot of the chemistry that they have. You know, They, they know how to do a lot of counters off each other. In this match, that's what it was all about. It was about Seth Rollins trying to think of, okay, what's Cody going to do? I've been scouting him for a while. Okay, I've got a counter for that. And they just kind of went back and forth and back and forth. Yeah, and I, I thought the match was done very well. The finish, I guess some people thought it was a little sketchy. I can understand that. Nobody really wants to see you know, a roll-up win, and it's even more strange when you have your baby face do the roll-up win. But I'm okay with it. I, I think it opens the door for a third match. I'm, I'm pretty sure a lot of people predict this going to hell in a cell. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, so definitely going to Hell in a Cell. Now, is it going to be inside the cell? We'll have to wait and see. There's other programs that you could look at and go, hmm, that one may be deserving too. But inside the cell, I think inside the cell, these two could kill it 
regardless of whether it's in the cell or not, I think it's going to be amazing. I, I, I put out a tweet. I said, okay, I'm voting for a 60-minute Iron Man match with these two. I mean, they could go that long. They have really good chemistry. Uh, I mean, they are some of the best workers right now that pro wrestling has to offer, bar none. Um, you're right. This was a counterfest, but it's okay. It's almost it's almost as if you're playing a, you know 2K22 and you you know exactly when to hit that reverse button, and they just kept doing it and doing it, and you're wondering who's going to hit that big move. And Cody hit the Cody cutter. We got a kick out. We had a, a perfectly placed frog splash from Seth. We got the pedigree. I mean, and you they had a really nice set of false finishes, especially leading into the. To the, to the finish of the match, and when you finally got there, like you mentioned, yes, the pulling of the tights was a little weird. However, they justified it by having them say, the announcers say, well, you know, it, essentially it's tit for tat, right? Like you mm-hmm. you knew that the, with the, uh, the, the, the heel doing it, that the babyface just doing the, the same thing and doing, you know, the, the, just trying to counter it was justified. I mean, so that's their reasoning is... Uh, that you know, Cody did it only because Seth tried it, and uh, so yeah. But still, it is a tainted victory a little bit, and I think the reasoning—I don't hate that as much as I hate roll-ups, uh, just because Seth right now is so good, but constantly losing. That if they're gonna do another false or another uh, loss for him, that it's gotta come with a little bit of an asterisk, asterisk of like, okay, he lost, but the tights were pulled on him, so. Uh, I don't know. What do you what do you think about that? Do you think they did it just to kind of save Seth a little bit? Yeah, I guess you have to save some face. And Seth's my guy. He's he's my favorite in WWE right now. My favorite out of any wrestler, really. I I can think of. And I I'm really getting upset of seeing him lose so many times, especially at all these PLEs. You know, he's got he's got to get over sometime. So I guess this was their way of saving him since he's been losing so much. They're like, okay, well, you're going to lose, but it's going to be, you know, a little bit of a cheap loss to you. So, I, yeah, I, I guess they're trying to help cover up a little bit. Yeah, I mean, and again, I think Seth Rollins, when um, I talked about this on the preview show with Ashley, I said, you know, and we agree that Seth has had so many big losses that – He's so good, but he also at the same time is starting to lose a little bit of credibility in his uh, in his character as a whole just because he's a great worker, great promo. But at the end of the day, he ends up losing and that's what kills him. And, you know, I, I think, too, when you go to this this match at part three, which is inevitable, I don't see Seth winning this. I mean, you know, I, I, I see I think Seth could eventually or could inevitably lose three in a row. So. With Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins, now we know that uh, we, we know that Seth Rollins lost the second match here again, and presumably, I think it's fair to assume that we're going to have a third match between these two. And I think Hell in a Cell is more than obvious for it to happen, whether it's inside mm-hmm. the cell or not. Do you think, though, that as good as Seth is on the mic, as good as he is in the ring, he's a world class performer? But he's come across a lot of really big losses over the last several years. Um, but in this particular case, do you think that he can survive a third loss to Cody Rhodes? Or do you think it's going to reach a point where he could, character could start feeling some damage? Like it could actually start hurting Seth Rollins' legacy a little bit. Like, do you think it, that can happen, presumably, if he loses this third match? I think so. I think that actually could help with developing his character even further as well. You know, because he's been on top of the world as as, as far as his character goes. You know, he, at least that's the way he portrays himself. But, you know, when you have a character, it's kind of like Becky Lynch. When you hit that rock bottom, what? how is your character going to change? What's going to happen? And, and Seth is a chameleon as far as, like, moving from character to character and changing from role to role between babyface and heel. And I've got all the faith in the world that he can do that. And I think that he could take a third loss to Cody. I think it's very possible. And I, I actually think it would be beneficial. I know a lot of people don't understand why a streak of losses would be beneficial. But I, when it comes to the character of Seth Frickin' Rollins, I think having the string of losses actually will turn him into something new. And I love that. I love character changes. I like 
you know, we, we saw something happen tonight that we'll get to later, you know, when you're talking about Edge's faction. When we're bringing these kind of characters and we're changing them radically, I enjoy that kind of stuff. You know, Edge's 180 when he turned into a heel was fantastic to me. I love it. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, we'll, that happened we'll, to Seth, too. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we'll definitely get to talk about Edge in a, in a few moments here. But uh, when we're, we're talking about character changes and lo- losing streaks, actually, like you said, I mean, that's a good point. Losing streaks are not always what they seem on the surface, and it's just a catalyst for a character change. You know, and, and I would agree with that, except two questions is like, well, number one, this has not been a small pattern for Seth. This has been a multi year pattern that I don't think they're thinking about using it to create or generate a new character from him. It's just been the booking for him. But number two, I, I don't know, Is do you think Seth's character is in need of change? That's a great question. I don't think it is, really. I don't think he needs to change it. I just think that, I guess what I was saying is he's good at doing tweaks when he needs to, when, when, when he's put on the spot or put in a position that, is not advantageous to him. So I guess that's what I was thinking of is not necessarily that his character needs to change or anything like that, but if they decide that they want to give Cody this push and it's more advantageous for Cody to get those string of wins, then Seth is the type of person that would be able to take those losses and turn it into something different. I guess that's kind of how I was thinking of how his character would change. I don't think he needs it though. I think he's, got his character honed in right now. I think he's operating, you know, at 11 for all those Spinal Tap fans out there. So I it, I don't think he really needs the change. I think his character is fantastic right now. But I think he's one of those characters where he can take the losses and he can do the necessary tweaks to make it, uh, make, it make sense for us fans and for us WWE Universe people. I, yeah, I would agree with that. You know, that, that that's my concern is that you know if they're using these this string of losses to create a character change, I, like you just said, and that that was my concern is I don't know if he needs it. He's he's operating at a very high level right now, and everything's clicking. I don't think he would need it. He just needs some freaking effing wins. I mean, many people called for him to be WWE champion yeah. at WrestleMania. We all know why he didn't. Uh, become champion. Brock Lesnar comes in and sucks the oxygen out of the room. He, everything's about Brock and Roman and Bro- Roman and Brock and Brock and Roman. The, all the titles are sucked into that program. So unfortunately for Seth, that wasn't the case this year. But you know, I, I think that um, yeah, you're right. I mean, Seth Rollins, he is operating at such a high level that he he could just do minor tweaks to his character, and and I think it would be a reasonable change for this string of losses just send him into a spiral like becky lynch who sent you know that sent her into a spiral losing her championship she's you know uh before oscar came back a few weeks ago so i think that yeah i mean whether they use that or not i, I don't know but i anticipate uh wwe probably taking cody Rhodes to a third victory because he when he came in he said hey uh my my declaration my mission statement is to win the championship my father couldn't and if you're going to do that, if that's your mission statement, well, you better string some wins together to prove that. And yeah, that that is probably what they're going to do. I do foresee Seth. If it's a, I don't care what kind of match it's at, inside the cell, hardcore street fight, regular match. I I, I just foresee Seth now losing a, a third straight time. So, um, any wrap up thoughts on this before we get to the next match? No, I've. I've... I love these two wrestlers wrestling each other. I think they do a great job. They could give me this five times, to be honest, and I'd probably enjoy all five matches. So I'll look forward to the third match, and I'll really look forward to what happens to both of them after this. You know, who's going to face Cody after Seth Frick Rollins? You can't go down the card. You either have to go sideways to somebody of his same level or go up from Seth Frick Rollins. So I'm really interested to see where Cody goes after Seth Frick Rollins. Yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, Roman, I think Roman's off limits. You know, there, there's a lot of other places he could go, but, and who's to say they're only having three matches? What if it's four? Like you said, like mm-hmm. four or five matches. I mean, the thing is, I know people run out of patience real quick with programs and people just want new and new and new and new. I, like yourself, am more open to longer programs if it makes sense and they're having kick-ass matches. Uh, so I, I'm assuming it's three, but what if it's four or five matches and then Seth picks up a couple of victories in between? So, yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's move on. Omos versus Bobby Lashley. And in this one, we saw Omos win. I think a lot of people predicted that Omos would win in the exact fashion that this happened. That's not a bad thing. 
this match was exactly what you thought it would be. I don't think it was a train wreck. I think it was a palate cleansing type of match that it was very different given Omas's uh, his size, it limits him on what he can do. It's going to feel different because, hey, uh, this, the dude's you know eight feet tall. I mean, he obviously can't be doing four fifty splashes and doing suicide dives. Uh, and but I honestly, mm-hmm. I think that this match was even a little bit better than I expected. Omas is showing improvement in the ring to me. I mean, he's he's doing I think is almost as good of a job as you could expect given how big that dude is. Uh, now, where there's some uh, miscues and things, uh, minor, but nothing I don't think egregious. And to me, it's set up their third match for uh, presumably Hell in a Cell. And they teased, just as I had predicted and others, that they're, they're, that Bobby's going to get his hands on MVP. Almost did. Omas got, uh, you know, intercepted that. And then, um, you know, Omas ends up uh, getting the victory after the cane shot to Lashley behind the referee's back. He does mm-hmm. his double you know, double-handed cho- or choke bomb, whatever it is, and uh, Omas gets the victory. So I actually was, while this was not the match of the night, no one would, I think, look at it as such. I thought it was fine and actually exceeded expectations for me. What did you think? Yeah, I felt pretty much the same. I didn't take a lot of notes on this one because there wasn't really a lot that happened, but I, I'd like to note that Omas's facial expressions are getting a lot better. You know, when he gets punched, he looks like he actually got punched. So that's nice. Uh, he, like you said, though, he is limited. You know, he's very limited by his size, and I think it's obvious, especially when you know somebody like Bobby is already massive, and he's dwarfing him. It's hilarious. Bobby looks like a little child in there against mm-hmm. him. So he's obviously very large. But when he gets pushed, when he gets punched, and things like that, his feet move very slowly. And I think you know that's a that's a difficult thing for big men to do in the ring is really sell things with their feet. So I, he's limited in that way. But I really appreciate that he actually is adding some new moves. And the every, it, everything was kind of what you predicted in this match. You know, it kind of ran exactly how you thought. I wrote down in my notes that MVP was probably going to get involved here and use his cane, and it's exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. So And you know what? Predict, it, this is one of those matches where predictable is okay. I'm fine with it. Like, I... I this is what I expected. It sets up their third rubber match, like you said, and, and I'll, I'll be happy to see it. And hopefully, in that third match, we can see a little bit more action from Omas. And uh, it, there was nothing that Omas did today that made me uh, think that he put Bobby's life in in jeopardy. So that was good. That was an improvement for sure. Yeah, it, it's <laughs> that's also setting the bar hilariously low. That you're looking at a match going well <laughs> as long as you know they don't do something that makes it look like you know they're, they're going to actually paralyze their opponent yeah i mean that's that's true though i mean like you look at this and you see you see a guy that is green you see a guy that you're a little concerned about not understanding how powerful he is and not knowing when or when to use that power or make it look like he's using that power and and you know also keep that your keep the guy you're working with safe and I, I'm, I'm with you. I, you know, I, I never felt like I was watching this thinking it was Goldberg Undertaker, like someone's coming out of this, you know, paraplegic. Um, and I, I was very, I was pleasantly surprised. I think this was easily Omas's best yeah. match to date. Now, that's not, it's not, the sample size is small, but you saw what you needed to see with Omas. I mm-hmm. wasn't coming out of this going, oh my God, they need to send him back to NXT or something, or, or they need to, you know, have him work behind the scenes. Uh, he is clearly putting in the work behind the scenes that we're not seeing. The audience is not seeing. I think he is. He it seems like he's taking this seriously. Um, he, like you said, his facial expressions. That's a good point to bring up. Are improving. Like you said, when he gets punched or he's, you know, he should be looking like he's in pain. He actually at least tries to make it look like that. Where before he just had one one face, and that was just a mean no sell face, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Now he actually showing a range. That's very important, even as a big man. So um, I think that this match, honestly, I mean, I don't know how anyone can really complain about this match, given what it is. You know, you, you, no one looked at this going, oh, my God, I can't wait. The expectations are through the roof. No, I don't think anybody did. So um, that said, uh, let's move on here. Third match of the night, a much different match than that. Uh, we had AJ and Edge. And I won't say anything again, Kyle. This one's yours. What'd you think? Uh, again, kind of like Cody and Seth, these are two technicians 
in the ring. They they show you how to wrestle. They show you how chemistry works. I'm sorry, how uh, psychology works in the ring. Uh, Edge was doing a fantastic job of his little heelish moves where he was um, looking at the audience and really getting the audience riled up. And he's got the best eyes for that too. He's got such intense eyes. And it was a it was a nice battle back and forth. That it wasn't really a match where there was a lot of control by one person at a given time. It was really they were kind of going back and forth for a lot of it. And another predictable thing was somebody coming out and distracting AJ at some point in this match. But I actually liked the fact that we saw Damien Priest come out, even though he was barred from ringside. He walked up the ramp just enough to where he wasn't ringside, but he was still there to to distract. Um, and you know, and but the best part of it by far and my favorite part of this entire ple was actually the surprise we had the surprise third member showing up and uh i i believe they pulled aj's foot while he was on the top of rope and he fell down right yes and that's and that's what got the distraction that's what got edge the win and that's that's what we predicted but that third person oh man i'm so excited it was my favorite moment in the entire night when Rhea Ripley took off her hoodie and turned around and gave the audience that look. Oh, my God, that was amazing. I'm going to watch that on repeat a bunch of times. That was fantastic. Agreed. That, that, that was, I think if you're going to pick a moment out of the entire uh, event, this would be the one to, to take away. And, yes, we'll get to the main event was really good. And we, we can talk about that. But, but as far as, like, storyline turns and moments that the crowd reacted to in a – in a big way, this was it. And, you know, I know that uh, you, when you look at Rhea Ripley, she wasn't doing a whole lot in the women's division and many people were speculating about Rhea. And I had some concerns about the whole male on female and female, female and male dynamic. And how do they do that? Cause they're PG like, and you know, that, that can be another conversation, but as far as this goes for Rhea, it, it was a good moment, a really good moment. I mean, she changed her hair. Her outfit was even darker. Her makeup was darker to accommodate the whole mm-hmm. feel of the Judgment Day group. Um, I, I liked how since Rhea is a, a, such a, a, a strong and, and muscle-bound woman that in, her, in the hoodie that she had on, that you weren't really sure if it was a, a, a guy or a girl like because she's so broad-shouldered that you didn't really know until she took the hoodie off. I mean, if anybody else in that women's division, if she, you before she even took the hoodie off, you'd know, oh, well, that's, that's clearly a, a, some, some one of the we, uh, females are underneath that hoodie. But with her frame and how big she is, it left a little bit of mystery, mm-hmm. and the crowd really popped for that. And I agree. I was really excited about that. I, I predicted it was going to be Tommaso Ciampa, or just now known mm-hmm. as Ciampa, uh, I, I, that, I thought he was going to join, and he still could. I mean, Finn could also still join. Yeah. We, we still saw some people floating out there that are possibly out there to, to join the group, but uh, having Rhea Ripley join was a hell of a moment. This, to me, was a, a, a really good match. I had no problems with the match itself. Um, I was a little concerned about the safety of Edge for the uh, Styles Clash because his head <laughs> was like an inch from the mat, and I know they did a very, yeah. uh, very good setup to it with Edge and the uh, tangled up in the ropes. But I, I was like, oh man, like there was zero margin for error there. Did you catch that too? No. Oh yeah, because he's so much taller, he's so much longer than AJ, and so when AJ was trying to get him up over his shoulders like that, yeah, Edge's head was basically touching the mat already. Yeah. But they, yeah, they coordinated it well, and Edge helped out a little bit by walking his hands, you know, slightly mm-hmm. to to get him away from the rope. So you know, and that's the professionalism right there of those two people knowing exactly what they need to do to make that spot work. And he hit that in the uh, in for WrestleMania as well. And that was a really good moment in, in their previous match. And when they did it here, it, I, I didn't think it was going to be as good, but it was actually. The way that they, like you said, they worked it off the top of the rope. Edge was caught upside down on the top rope, and then AJ got him that way. That that was a really good way of doing it. And the, the whole stipulation with Damien, you touched on it a bit, and we all know he's barred from ringside. Well, I guess we need to now know the definition of ringside because apparently it's where the uh, the ramp meets the padding. Uh, apparently that's what Damien right. was pointing to of why it's okay. Um, you know, I, I, 
is it something I'm a little annoyed at? Kind of, because that's like ringside to me is you stay in the back. Like that's just kind of understood. But if we're going to get technical, they defined it down even further to ringside is this. Now, will they forget this for another match in a month or two when someone else in another program is barred from ringside and that person just stays in the back when we were shown in this particular match that they could come all the way to that line? Probably. I mean, it's all they do a lot of things yeah. out of convenience and it, it's whatever. Bob, I had a little more of a problem with him actually being in the ring with Balor. Like then you're actually at ringside. Like then you're weird. in the ring. Like but Yeah, that was really I, weird. That was weird. However, it wasn't Damien's um, volunteering of getting into the ring that was the problem. I mean, he was essentially brawled in there by Balor. Like, Balor, in in some respects, kind of pushed him into the ring. It wasn't Damien voluntarily going in himself. So I think that's probably the the excuse for it. But it was a little weird, right? Like, you brought someone from ringside, and they're in the ring brawling with somebody else. I mean, how... I don't know how that works, but the the big takeaway here are two things. The match, I think that was I I, I had no issues with the match. I thought it was very good. Two technicians, two students of the game, two guys that probably has what like thirty forty years of experience between them. Uh, you know, just mm-hmm. you knew what kind of match you were going to get. Uh, I loved what they put together, and the even bigger takeaway that I'm sure most people are going to talk about, probably out of the entire pay per view, is Rhea Ripley joining this group. You're listening to the WWE Podcast. We'll be right back after this short break. Are you ready to live a more free, healthy, and abundant life? FoodForestAbundance.com is a community of passionate, freedom-loving people who want to build a free, healthy, and abundant society for generations to come. They're focused on creating a decentralized food supply by setting up forests on underutilized lawn space around the world. And this is just the beginning. They offer landscape design, blueprints, installation, maintenance tips, and a whole lot more. In these uncertain times, you want the peace of mind of having food security right outside your front door. They plan on growing food forest in every community community, providing healthier food free from the supply chain. To learn more, visit foodforestabundance.com. Use the code FOOD22 and save 5%. foodforestabundance.com. So in today's crazy world, you need to be ready to defend yourself. I mean, that's just the reality of things. People are getting assaulted on the street, robbed, home invasions. So with all this spike in crime, what better way to spend your time than investing in yourself, in your safety, in your, in your family's safety? That's why I'm recommending Impact Defense. ImpactDefense.online is an opportunity for you to learn how to defend yourself in multiple situations. They have a podcast, by the way, that is done weekly, and you can check it out. Uh, it's, it's on ImpactDefense.online. They have training that's in-person They have online courses. You can host an event and a lot more. But this is run by Brian, and he has over 20 years in the martial arts and self-defense industry. He's a certified combatives instructor. He's certified in defensive firearms, and he has a black belt in multiple styles of martial arts. He's also joined by two ladies, Jada and Kylie. Both of them are black belts in martial arts and certified firearm instructors as well. Again, Their show, their podcast, releases every single Monday, a brand new episode. You can check out impactdefense.online for much more information. But guys, I can't stress enough right now, there is nothing more important than your safety. I don't know about you, but when I'm lying in bed and I hear a creak in the house, you always wonder. It's either a ghost (laughs) or you're thinking, oh my God, somebody broke in, right? And imagine the helplessness that you could feel in that moment, but let them help you overcome that fear. Let them help you protect you and your family. Go to impactdefense.online today. Welcome back to the WWE Podcast. Let's get back to more great wrestling audio. Oh, yeah. So how do you think that's going to work? I got to ask. Like, Rhea Ripley's joined this group. I don't know. How, you know, because... 
if this was the attitude era, I, I, you know, then it's all hands on deck. You know, the, the, the mm-hmm. rules are the wild, wild west. Men can hit women. Women can hit men. But in this case, like, does Rhea go off on her own kind of like uh, program? She captures the women's championship and doesn't really get involved in what's going on with Edge? Or does she just stick with Edge's group? And, you know, because she's a woman, no one can retaliate because that's WWE rules. But she's also, you know, slugging the men, low blow, interfering. How do, this is a tricky, tricky thing. And that's the one thing I was really wondering how they're going to navigate. Yeah, well, they, you know, they've had Charlotte beating up Drew Gulak for the last several weeks, so it wouldn't surprise yeah. me if they had Rhea um, interfering in uh, some men's matches. You know, Damien Priest is out there against Finn Balor, and then here comes Rhea Ripley and, and you know, does a little distraction or some kind of move on the outside of the ring. So I could see it working that way, but only in the sense that it would be a distraction. They obviously can't have full-on matches. Unless they were supposed to do some kind of um, couples match like they did The Miz and more, and Maurice. But it, that, that can't happen because uh, there's really no other couples for them to face at this point. So right. I don't know how they're going to work that in. But what I would assume is maybe Edge will be helping Rhea with her matches more often. You know, In the beginning here, we might see Rhea get involved with one or two men's matches. But I think the bulk of their chemistry is going to be with Rhea's feud with Liv, and Edge is going to be helping her with that and supporting her through that. And Damien's just going to be standing there being the pretty face that he is, you know. <laughs> he doesn't have to say yeah. much. All he has to do is stand there and look the way he looks, and then when they tell him to talk, his voice is so commanding, I don't care what he says. <laughs> so, uh, Oh, yeah, no. No, He's he has one of those voices, like I said. It just, uh, it's such an attribute, and... Uh, I totally agree. So, all right, let's uh, get to the fourth match here, which is Charlotte Flair, Ronda Rousey in an I Quit match for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Uh, This one, to me, I'll take this one first. I thought it was uh, physical. I don't think there was a lot of finesse in this. That's never been Ronda Rousey's getup. It's always been just straight shooting, um, kind of like an MMA pro wrestling style, and I have no problem with that because that's what she should do coming from an MMA background. She has her own kind of mixed style. Um, it, it was very, it was hard. I mean, Rhonda, I got to give her credit. I'm not a Ronda Rousey fan per se, but she put her body on the line here. Like she took some, some pretty big bumps, um, you know, doing some things that were, uh, that maybe she didn't have to do, but she took some pretty hefty bumps here. And I, I respect that. And I think that they put on a decent match. I didn't have an, a, an issue with it other than, you know, Ronda Rousey's champion. I wasn't a huge fan of that. Um, you know, I think this is a signal that either Charlotte's going to be taking some time off or it could be that uh, she's just moving on to probably I don't know, uh, Lacey Evans or I, I don't know, somebody else. Um, but th- this is typically a, this is such a big loss that it's one of those career uh shifting losses where the, you they just kind of take like a month off or two months off or whatever and you don't see them for a while uh because having charlotte say i quit is you know something that right now her character needs some time to to uh to repair from that's that's a, that's one of the consequences of an i quit match and i thought this was gritty um i thought that they had a nice uh a, a nice chemistry together I don't think people looked at this as like epic where I think Becky and Ronda are, are have better chemistry, but I, th- this was fine. And, and having them on the mic and, and saying, you know, uh, you know, cussing at each other on the mic was fun. And, and having Ronda at the very end say, you know, it, you know, I was hoping you'd say that and then essentially trying to snap her arm. Then, then she says, I quit. So I, I really, I didn't hate this. I thought it was good for what it, uh, what it was. And, you know, they they both put their bodies on the line. They're both probably waking up tomorrow tomorrow morning and feeling very sore. What'd you think about this one? Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah they beat the crap out of each other. E- even during that match, Charlotte had these very visible bruises. I-, I could notice maybe one or two before the match started, but like after the match was going, I could see the welts. Those kendo sticks were ripped apart. I can't believe they ripped apart kendo sticks at each other. That's some serious hitting. They, that was a stiff match. They they laid it into each other. It was good. I enjoyed it. Another match where it was a little bit above my expectations going in. Um, the the result of Ronda winning, I I kind of saw this coming. And the reason I 
saw it coming is I don't expect Ronda to be with us for a long time. I think her time in the WWE is very valuable and it's going to be short. She might be around for a year or two. I don't know her contract details, but that's I'm just assuming she's only going to be here a short time. So we got to get the belt on her soon so she can have her run. She wouldn't come back to the WWE without getting a championship. I don't think she would. So um, I, I kind of expected her to win the title. I'm okay with it. I don't know exactly who she's going to be facing right away. I do agree that Charlotte could have a program with Lacey Evans, especially with the way Lacey Evans has been talking in her promos and making uh, these comments about the other women wrestlers, kind of having things fed to them. or you know, It was a little bit easier for them growing up. So, and I think Charlotte fits that bill. When you think of Charlotte Flair, the daughter of Ric Flair, one of the best wrestlers of all time, she had it good, you know? So that's a good feud that could start. But they did say a little bit later um, after the next match that uh, Kayla Braxton was in the back, back um, backstage and she announced that Charlotte had a fracture of the radius or basically a broken arm. So mm-hmm. I think they are taking Charlotte off TV for a short period here. Um, doesn't mean that she can't feud with somebody. You know, we, we've seen plenty of people um, still get on TV and do and do promos while they're injured. But you know, they 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 told us that she's injured, so they're definitely going to keep her out of matches for a while. And I think that's fine. I think Charlotte needs a reset. She's been carrying the load for a while. She's been as good as Charlotte is. She's kind of felt a little bit disengaged and disconnected from her promos. I remember, I said that in a couple of shows. Uh, earlier last week, and I just feel that she's not fully invested right now in what she's doing for some reason. I could be totally off on that, but you know, it might have something to do way. with you know with Ronda too. You know, being yeah. in a program with Ronda, she's hard yeah. to work with. So yeah, it yeah. might have something to do with that. Yeah, I think I think that could be it too. Like Ronda, you know, I'm sure some of the women are very resentful of Ronda coming in and just you know working very part time, getting the championship when they're there every single day, busting their ass mm-hmm. and saying, you know, why is she why is she deserving of this? And you know, I I'm sure that some of the guys feel the same way about Brock Lesnar. I mean, it's just kind of one of those things where you know have a, you have a bigger star name, a bigger name value come in and. WWE just awards them the championship when you've been busting your ass year round to get it day in, day out. And I, I understand that, you know, I get that dynamic. And so I'm sure Ronda isn't exactly beloved backstage. I doubt that she is, but I, I mean, again, we're not backstage. It's my assumption from a, you know, a hundred yard view, but anyway, I thought this match was good. I thought it was, it delivered on, on what it needed to do. The crowd seems yeah. to still be behind Ronda and um, I'm, kind of disappointed about that i think there's a really good heel run in ronda that we haven't seen yet i really really want to see a heel ronda i think it'll probably work with bailey a returning bailey um for the helena sullivan that's just my guess is bailey who is i know not back yet but she's she's way i think she's getting very close so yeah she uh, is close yeah record yeah reports are that she we should see her anytime all right well uh mad cat moss and happy corbin i i'm I don't have much to say about this. It was a nine-minute match. I thought yeah, I mean, there's not much. It, it, it just kind of brought the crowd down to bring it back up for the main event. It was eh. It, it, I don't think it helped either man here. I was a bit disappointed. And this was actually a match I pointed to and, and my uh, co-host last night pointed to and said, hey, this could be a dark horse match. This could be one of those matches that you come out of and go, wow, that was way better than I thought. Um, yeah, no, this this was not. This was not one of those times and um, I, I hope that both of these men just move on from one another after this. It wasn't the worst match I've ever seen. It wasn't embarrassing. It was just kind of like, oh, okay, very forgettable. I think forgettable is yeah. probably the best way to describe this. But what, do you have any other additional thoughts on this? No, the, the, the other matches that I've been noting, you know, that kind of exceeded my expectations, this is the opposite. This one was definitely below what I expected from them especially with Happy Corbin, because he's a great worker. And I expected there to be a little bit more um, wrestling, really, and psychology going on in this match, but there really wasn't much. And I I didn't see much development from Madcap's character either. And if we're trying to get this new baby face over, we need to see a little bit more development from week to week. The other thing that I was kind of expecting was maybe a character change for Happy Corbin as well, or some kind of... Um, tweak to his character, but there really wasn't much that they left us with after this. 
especially with the roll up win, which I, I think that just means that the two of them are going to be feuding for the next few weeks. That's a good way to start a program between two wrestlers is if you have somebody win on a roll up, then it gives the other person fuel to say, hey, wait, that wasn't you know a legit win. I need a rematch. So I'm hoping exactly. the next match or two with these two are better because I was disappointed, really. Yeah, it was. I think they have a better match or two. If they continue the program, I think both of them are capable of a better matchup. It's not that I don't think the talent is there to have a better matchup. It's just some nights you're off. Right. And I think that this is one of those nights that, you know, they, they, I don't think they were given a ton of time on top of just that they, you both had an, a night where it didn't seem to gel well and you had a good match before and after, which didn't help the look of this match. So... Uh, all right, well, let's get to the main event, and we've got the uh, main event here, the six-man tag with Roman Reigns and the Usos versus the um, uh, Drew McIntyre and RK-Bro, and uh, yeah, Kyle, you, you take this one first. What'd you think? Fantastic match. Oh, it, it exceeded my expectations, and I had pretty high expectations going in because all six of these men in this match are fantastic professional wrestlers, so I had high expectations. They blew it out of the water. It was awesome. There were so many great spots. Everybody got in what they wanted to get in. My uh, favorite moment was when Roman was first tagged in, and the audience got real hot, and he did a little bit of a circle. It took about 20 seconds to walk around the ring, and then went right back to the Usos and tagged in one of his cousins. I was like, oh, that's great. I love heels. I love heel work. And there was a lot of good heel work done by the Usos, too, with like cheap shots on the outside of the ring when the ref wasn't looking. And that's what's great about a six-man uh, tag team match is that you can get away with a lot more of that stuff. There's a lot more possibilities of things happening. You know, when the ref's distracted with two people over here, well, then you got two or three other people over here interacting and doing something different. So it's a great way to tell story. That whole match told a great story from beginning to end. I loved the... RKO that Randy got on Roman out of nowhere. Oh, oh man. Mm. Oh, that was great. That was probably the biggest pop of the night. I, I, I might be wrong, but that sounded like the biggest pop of the night, honestly. That was fantastic. And it that, just, that, yeah. It, yeah, it was great. I, I don't, I don't know what else to say about it. It got me really, uh, got really, got me popped several times. It, it did. It actually made you believe that. Oh my God, Randy Orton is going to get the victory here. You know, like it. It made yeah. you looked at this and Randy hit an RKO, like you know, on almost everybody, and you're like, oh my. Andy hit Roman when Roman's usually the one that comes in, hits the spear, and gets the victory. Now, ultimately, that's what he did. But in that moment, you're like, wait, he got Roman. It's not like Roman's going to sneak in. He just hit him with an RKO. He hit Jay, boom, and then. Uh, Jimmy or Jay, I, I don't know which one it was in the ring. And then, you know, the other one comes in and just makes the save. But that uh, was the moment me. that, um, wow, uh, the crowd got on their feet. It probably was the biggest pop of the night, followed very closely by, I think, Rhea Ripley joining the uh, Judgment Day group. Mm -hmm. uh, but boy, oh boy, uh, that this match was just perfectly laid out. I mean, all six guys, as expected, just killed it if they told me they were going to have a rematch for this you know on uh, smackdown or raw i'd be like let's do it um yep give me it again <laughs> I, I i exactly i mean was i a little bit disappointed and what am i still a little disappointed that for you know five six weeks that they built the unification match for the tag team titles they didn't deliver on kind of you know i'm still a little disappointed that they didn't give us that because i want to see who's the unified tag team champions but if they're looking at this and you're looking at this and fans are looking at this saying well we still got it we got a kick-ass match it does soften the blow uh, and put a little deodorant on the fact that we didn't get the match that they told us we were going to get for a month and a half so there is that yeah. like we can lean on okay we didn't get that but boy was that a great match and it was a really good match it's one of those rewatchable matches you know, like, is yeah. it match of the year? I don't know about match of the year contender. It's certainly one of the best, ma better matches I've seen this year. And I think that it um, it's rewatchable. The crowd was super into it. I got to give the crowd a lot of props tonight because they were in this pay-per-view or in this premium live event yeah. from start to finish. Like, even in the low spot, like, they they were hot. And you would think by the end of the night that like, they're burnt out. They gave it, they gave those guys, all six guys, as if it was like the first match on the show. I mean, they gave a lot of energy. So um, I, I give the crowd a lot of props. Everyone involved, of course, Roman comes in and gets the spear and the victory as expected. Um, you know, you, 
I, I didn't. I don't think a lot of people predicted that Roman was going to lose this match simply because Roman's on that team that you don't want him to take a loss that he hasn't had a loss. And I, I actually don't know if he's even had a non-title loss since he be since he came back as a heel in 2020. So if you're going to no, do I that, recall. I don't. I, I, so we'll, we'll go with no. And I think that having that on uh, that, that cloud hanging over his head, that you're not going to give his first loss in a six man tag match. You want to be able to say he's been undefeated since X date. Mm-hmm. So with that over their heads, um, I think they were forced to make this booking um, a, a Roman Reigns victory again. But that's fine because now we're with Drew and Roman. Are, are, I got to ask, are you excited about Drew and Roman? Yeah, I'm I'm here for it for sure. I think Drew is at the top of his game too. I think his character's really gotten to where he needs it. He's got the entire package now. You know, before maybe he was you know, he was lacking a little bit in the ring or lacking a little bit here in his promos, but I think he's got everything going really well. And this is the person that I think would feud best with Roman. I actually want to see Randy feud a little bit with Roman, but I know that's not gonna happen and I thought maybe when they originally had this whole tag team unification announced between RKO or RK Bro, excuse me, and the Usos, I thought that maybe that would give some tension between Roman and Randy specifically. But then they added Drew in, and I'm like, oh, that makes total sense. And I think Drew needed that to get him involved with the Usos. It was a great way to do it too. When they had that backstage segment um, a few episodes ago, where Randy and Drew were talking and they kind of made amends and then we've seen little pieces of them becoming friends together. That's a great story they told too. And all of these stories are culminating with the six-man tag team. So although it wasn't what we expected or what we wanted, I thought I thought it blew my expectations out of the water. Me too. I, I really look, I went into this and you knew all six guys who are ultra talented. All six are ultra talented legends some of them um you're going in going well this is going to be it's guaranteed at least to be a good match i mean that is the baseline basement like bare minimum that you're going to get is just you're you're going to come out of it and say that was a good match i think most of us came out of there and saying this is this was a great match and i i just don't know how you view it any other way yes roman got the victory but if you're mad about roman getting the victory that that's then that's the point you then mission accomplished because you're not supposed to want roman to win the match yeah, exactly. So, um, and it was a non-title, nothing on the line other than pride. So, um, I had, I had really had no, um, nothing really bad to say about this matchup at all. I mean, the way it was laid out, everybody hit their spots. Everybody had their moment to shine. Where there was a uh, that plausible moment that everyone in the match had. I think everyone where they could have won the matchup for their team. And ultimately, Roman, who is the one to come in and, of course, hit the spear and get the victory, was the one to get that victory. Um, and, and the look on Drew's face at the end, just anger in his eyes <laughs> after he got slammed on the table. He wasn't involved in the decision, but he still took a loss on behalf of his team. Um, it, it just yep. sets up Roman and Drew, and I think that's probably going to go on for the entire summer. I really expect yeah. Roman and Drew to be a thing for like three months or more. And I know people are going to be like, oh, my God, that's too long. I don't know. I think they could do it in a way that makes you still interested. And I've said this right. before, maybe you agree or, or don't agree that drew is actually going to be the, is the first opponent that Romans had since his inception of being a heel two years ago, nearly that he's the first one that you look at and go, huh, he could actually be the one to end the streak mm-hmm. for Roman and take the belt. He's the first one that seems very plausible. Everyone else is a legend. You know, they're not really there to take the belt. They're there to just put Roman over more. Everyone else he's faced, like Finn Balor and Kevin Owens and Cesaro, are all guys you're like, mm, he's going to have a good match, but you know they're not going to win because that's not how WWE views them. So do you feel the same way about Drew? For sure. The word that I would use would be legitimate. He seems like the legitimate opponent for Roman right now. And yeah, I, like I said, I'm ready for it. And the way that they look each look at each other, too, is just building the fire within me to see that match. The way that Drew was staring down Roman when he was giving those chops to either Jimmy or Jay, I can't remember. It's just, it really burnt that fire between the two of them. And so I, it, I'm feeling it. I'm ready for a nice long feud between these two. I'm like you, a little bit more old school. I like the slow burn. I like the longer stories to play out. So, it, you know, I'm, I'm ready. I'm basically what I'm saying to everybody is buckle up. 
make sure you have your snacks and you enter the bathroom because this is going to be a long car ride. Get ready. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be one of those ones where some of you uh, lost my, my mic here. Uh, some of you in a, um, a month are going to be saying to uh, the person driving, "Are we there yet, Mom? Are we there yet? Are we there yep. yet?" And they're going to have to say, yep. "No, honey." Yeah, we're not there yet. We've got a while. And, you know, so some of you are going to be very impatient about this program and want either Drew to just take the belt or have this program be a one and done. It's not going to be a one and done. WWE has been eyeing this particular feud for a long time, as they should have. They should be because Drew and Roman haven't crossed paths in Survivor Series two years ago that we're all supposed to forget happened. But in WWE land, they haven't crossed paths you know, they might as well be 10 years because they're not going to acknowledge that matchup. I don't think if they do, I'll be surprised where Roman did pick up the victory in that completely meaningless exhibition survivor series match that they had two years ago. Uh, but outside of that, like they have not crossed paths at all. They knew that they were waiting for Roman to get out of the, the, you know, the 18 year long program with Brock Lesnar. Uh, they finally have done that. And now you have drew and Roman and it's going to be a long ride but one that I, I I don't know if it's going to end with Drew as champion. I, I really don't know because every other one that he's had for two years, you go, yeah, it's going to be fun for a few months. Roman's going to retain. Like I've said that for years, literally almost years now, plural. And again, like you said, the legitimacy of Drew, what he brings to the table, he's still relatively young uh, where they could take this victory and really help propel him. Uh, there's a, there's a very strong case, the strongest case we've had to make for Drew to be the one to take it off Roman. If you're if you're going to put me on the spot, I'll put myself on the spot. Do I think Roman is or Drew is going to take the belt off Roman ultimately after all their matches over the next several months? I don't. I don't think Drew is going to still be the one to do it. And and I I hope I'm. I don't even know if I hope I'm wrong. I don't know, but. If you're going to put me on the spot, I still think Roman retains after all is said and done through the summer. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I think they're going for that 1,000 mark, you know, the 1,000 days as a champion, trying to break records. So I, I see him holding on to that title for a really long time. He might possibly drop one title. He might possibly draw the, the WWE championship. Um, but I see him holding on to the Universal for a very, very, very long time. I predicted a while ago that they were going to have their rematch for the titles at WrestleMania 2023, which is a long time away. So I I might have overshot that a little bit. It might be sooner than that, but I don't see Roman losing it until maybe then. Wow. Yeah, I, I'm with you. And well, even then, when you're looking at this, a lot of people have predicted The Rock. I think The Rock is very plausible for WrestleMania 39. Mm -hmm. I don't want The Rock to win the championship. I, I, I like The Rock. Most people love The Rock, but he's not there for a, a title run. I mean, the guy's got a, a hundred billion things. He's managing the XFL. He's talked about running for a political office like president or or whatever. Uh, you know, he's got his hands in eighteen movies. He's got you know uh, whatever else. He's got his his young rock show. Like he's got so much going on. The dude doesn't need to go on a title run. I would actually argue very strongly against The Rock winning the championship if he still has it at WrestleMania 39. So um, would you would you advocate for The Rock? You no, know, that match is going to happen. But do you want The <laughs> Rock to win the championship, though? No, I don't. No. I, and it's I don't want anybody that's only going to be here for a short time to take the title off anybody. I, I don't like that. I'm a, I believe the title should be held by somebody that's going to be around for a long time or somebody that's or I'm sorry like a um an edge or somebody that's been around a long time excuse me or somebody that is going to be around a long time like theory somebody that's up and coming you know not saying theory deserves a shot at the universal championship I'm not saying that I'm just saying that I like to see my title holders be around for a long time and the rock's not going to be around for a long time if he comes back say and that's why I think Ronda got the championship now is because I don't think she's going to be around for a very long time. Got to get the belt on her now before it's too late. And yeah, I'd, I I am expecting to see The Rock, but I don't expect him to win any championships. Yeah, no, I don't either. I I, I want it to be a non-title match. Like that that would mean though if it's going to be a non-title match that the Roman has to drop the belt before 39. And I don't know if he's going to drop it before 39 because then they'd put their thousand day in jeopardy. So if The Rock comes in and he loses and he leaves, 
it's, you know, then I guess that's the only way to do this. But if you do that, most people are going to know, 99% of people are going to know, unless you're a new wrestling fan, that, oh, well, it's cool The Rock's back. It's fun. His catchphrases are cool. This match makes total sense. But with the title on the line, that completely shows WWE's hand that Rock's not going to win because they're not going to put the title on The Rock. So I think it would be much more interesting to, to have it be a non-title match Roman dropped the belt to somebody else that maybe a Survivor Series, Royal Rumble, whatever, get the belt off of him. Then it's about the Rock and Roman non-title, and it makes the outcome much more unpredictable. You throw that championship in there, and Vince loves to throw everything in that main event, thinking that more is better and it'll make it bigger. This will be a massive detractor from that match because everyone and their mother is going to know what the outcome is if the championship's on the line. Right, right. And the only reason I can see them doing that is just trying to maintain the legacy that they're building for him right now. And he's already, he beat John Cena, right? And to beat The Rock, you're just kind of, he's just kind of crossing people off his list. So it wouldn't surprise me if they had a match where he still had the championships and The Rock lost to him. Because I don't think there's really nothing lost by doing that. Um, but yeah, I would I would agree with you. It'd make much more sense if he didn't have any championships on him. It should be a non-title match for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and but do I think Vince is going to do that? If I was probably not. In all no. the years that I've been watching you watching, you're going to look at this and go, Nah, Vince is going to make it a title match. If we're going now again, guys, we're booking out like you know freaking ten months. But anyway, um, get, if we get back to this pay per view and we look at this just yeah. in and of itself, I think that Roman Reigns. This is the right way to book this this matchup. Roman gets the victory. You continue to hate Roman. You continue to want to see somebody, for God's sakes, please stand up and kick his head off. And Drew will be the guy, at least the most plausible guy. I think that if you are finally, you're really invested in seeing Roman drop the belt or take a loss or finally someone come along, this is your best chance so far in two years. So, I mean, you could hang your hat on that. I really wouldn't be shocked, nor would I be angry if Drew actually does. Now, if Drew actually does, and he actually takes the belt from Roman, say, at SummerSlam, I'm going to look at mm-hmm. it and go, cool. Like, I, I think that he, he is definitely believable to be the one to do it. You could build on this. Uh, you know, I'm not angry at all. Like, I, I, I would not hate Would Would you be annoyed that it wasn't somebody younger, like an NXT star? Or would you go, no, okay, I'm cool with it. No, Drew deserves it. You know, he's hit, he, he had the championship title while the, while COVID was going on and he didn't have any live audiences to share it with. So he deserves that moment. And so I, I would definitely give it to him. And I think he's, he would be a great, um, defender. He'd be one of those baby faces that, you know, could defend their title very well. And the crowd would be behind him every single time. I don't. I, I don't think that anybody would want to see him lose it. I. I. I I'm down for it. I'd, <laughs> I'd take it off Roman. He'd be the only person that I would be okay with right now. I can't think of anybody else on the roster. I'm looking at the entire roster, not NXT, but SmackDown and Raw. And I'm like, mm. I mean, maybe Seth Rollins, but Seth is a heel right now. It doesn't make sense for him. They mm-hmm. could have a great match, and I think there's unfinished business. But I think babyface wise, there's nobody else. Nobody. Um, so nobody. I, I mean, yeah, Cody. Okay, Cody made a mission statement of being the champion, but I don't even think Cody's as believable as Drew McIntyre to take the belt off Roman. So yeah, Cody's, I guess, waiting in the wings, kind of. Um, so he's yeah, got to work his I, way up there, though. Yeah, you know, like Cody. Cody's got to go through a few people. And my my bold prediction, which I think would be really cool, well, I don't think this is going to happen. But if uh, Cody was the next person to be judged by Judgment Day, I think that would be an excellent feud between Cody and Edge, and then that'd be a move that'd be more sideways rather than going down on the card because you can't, you know, you, you, just, you think about the talent that Cody can face. He's got to either face somebody of the level of Seth or better. And who's that? Edge is fantastic. And he's building his heel character really well right now. So I think that would be fantastic if I saw Judgment Day come out and judge Cody. Ooh. Now now you got me thinking. I mean, after I think AJ, like you said, (laughs) AJ has probably got one more month or one more, uh, probably through Hell in a Cell. After that, and they move on to Cody, and Cody and uh, Seth move on from each other. Yeah, I mean, boy. I, I I actually think that's probable. I mean, when you look at it, both of those programs will end at the same time, and that would be a hell of a uh, a hell of a program with Edge versus um, 
versus Cody Rhodes. Ooh. Mm-hmm. The promos there. <laughs> Think of the promos. Oh, man, I love it. Oh, yeah. So, American uh, Nightmare. <laughs> oh, the, this is getting good. All right. Well, um, this has been a lot of fun, Kyle. Do you have any final thoughts on the pay-per-view or anything else you want to share before we close things out? It's been great. I'm, thank you for the opportunity for all the people that are listening. It was really simple. All I had to do was send an email to Matt and just ask him, and he let me do the review show with him. And all you got to do is become a Patreon member. I believe it's just uh, $1 to get in the Discord chat. We had a lot of fun uh, chatting during the the PLE today. But there was a, a really fun count of how many times Omos did his scream. And I think they got up to like 14 or 15 before we lost count. So we're, we're having a lot of fun chatting during the events. And I'd love for you guys to join. And, yeah, that's about it. Very good. Yeah, no, it, this has been a lot of fun. Um, we'll we'll be doing this again sometime, and I, I, I now I'm, you got me hyped for a certain a program that doesn't even exist yet. But um, yeah, this has <laughs> been that's what happens. We we prognosticate you know four or five months ahead or however long, and we're like super excited for something, and then we talk ourselves into stuff, and uh, that can be dangerous. Yeah. But um, good stuff. I, I really appreciate you coming in, Kyle. And for those that uh, didn't know behind the scenes, the tons of technical issues on my end and across the board. So if you're noticing the audio is a little bit different in quality, it's because I'm on a, I'm using a server. I'm not on my normal, uh, my normal space. So, uh, but anyway, Kyle, thank you so much for, uh, for coming on tonight and doing the review and, uh, you have yourself a good night. You too. Thank you very much, Matt. Take care. So in today's crazy world, you need to be ready to defend yourself. I mean, that's just the reality of things. People are getting assaulted on the street, robbed, home invasions. So with all this spike in crime, what better way to spend your time than investing in yourself, in your safety, in your in your family's safety? That's why I'm recommending Impact Defense. ImpactDefense.online is an opportunity for you to learn how to defend yourself in multiple situations. They have a podcast, by the way, that is done weekly, and you can check it out. Uh, it's it's on impactdefense.online. They have training that's in person. They have online courses. You can host an event and a lot more. But this is run by Brian, and he has over 20 years in the martial arts and self-defense industry. He's a certified combatives instructor. He's certified in defensive firearms, and he has a black belt in multiple styles of martial arts. He's also joined by two ladies, Jada and Kylie. Both of them are black belts in martial arts and certified firearm instructors as well. Again, their show, their podcast releases every single Monday, a brand new episode. You can check out impactdefense.online for much more information. But guys, I can't stress enough right now. There is nothing more important than your safety. I don't know about you, but when I'm lying in bed and I hear a creak in the house, you always wonder, right? It's either a ghost <laughs> or you're thinking, oh my God, somebody broke in, right? And w- imagine the helplessness that you could feel in that moment, but let them help you overcome that fear. Let them help you protect you and your family. Go to impactdefense.online today. Thanks for listening to the WWE Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a show or head to wwepodcast.com. And for all of these shows ad-free, head over to patreon.com slash WWE podcast. Until then, we'll see you next time.